Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Game of Your Life, the podcast that talks about, you guessed it, video games. This week, I got Ben Wearmouth live in studio. Ben, how's, how's it going? I'm good, mate. You? I'm doing pretty well. You got the day off? That's pretty good? Yeah, got the day off from work, so... Spend it doing a podcast. I appreciate it. My first ever podcast. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Welcome to the <laughs> initiated. <laughs> the podcast of my life. I think it was uh, Adam Hughes who said when he made one, I've joined the majority. Like, <laughs> it, it feels like if you're a comedian, it just... Finally part of the club. Finally part of the club, Finally yeah. on a podcast. Well, you picked the right one, man, but uh, a few questions about you first. So you grew up on the Isle of Man, right? Yeah, I did. That's so, for some reason, that's so mysterious to me, like, because... What, growing up in Canada, I remember hearing about the Isle of Man, and it sounds really? like, yeah, well, it sounds like something, I don't, I don't know, like a Lord of the Rings book or something. It is very much that. <laughs> well, that's the thing with me, is because I moved over here, and I, I started doing stand-up, and I started, like, uh, doing, you know, bits and jokes and stuff, and then when I came off stage, comedians just asked me about my life and about the Isle of Man. Really? <laughs> and they'd be cracking up, going, why are you not saying that on stage? Like, that's really weird. I'm like, is it? And like, because to me... You know, cats not having tails and saying hi to the fairies when you go over the bridge is just what you do because that's just that's shit from the, the Isle of Man. Sort of stuff we do in the Isle of Man, but obviously <laughs> everyone's like, no, like that's really strange. Like, yeah, my girlfriend like had a week off and took a trip there, and I was just like, I was too busy at the time, and I'm like, I, I really do want to check it out. I, I know Freddie Quinn runs like a gig there, so he does run a gig there. Yeah. I've never, never, never done it, but um, yeah, it's definitely a interesting. Strange place. I think I've learned more about it since I left because I started trying to write more material about it and then just researching stuff and I was like, I found out some crazy stuff that I didn't even know growing up. Yeah, like how long is the, have people been there, do you know? Like how long is the history of the place? I don't know. I mean, it's, I mean, it basically it's got the oldest parliament in the world and it was made by Vikings. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so Vikings found it and there was Celts there and they had a big fight and then... Yeah, they made the yeah they made the parliament so oldest parliament in the world. So it's been there a while. Oh man! When you're a kid, I think the story you get told is you know how there's a hole in the middle of Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, you get told that there was a big giant, um, and he basically scooped up the big that big piece of Northern Ireland and just threw it into the sea. <laughs> and that's where the Isle of Man comes from. That's why it's just on its own, just sat there with nothing around it for miles. Yeah, because you said Celts. That's pretty like interesting that they'd be there. So the, yeah, there's a Celtic. Gaelic language and stuff. The yeah. Manx, the Manx language and all that. Yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty crazy history. It's so funny to think that just, like, Vikings, because they're probably just exploring. They're not expecting to see, like, yeah. anyone. To just stumble across it. An army. And then you're immediately, like, we're in war now. Like, <laughs> well, because it's an island, when you go on a field trip and stuff when you're in school, you can't really go anywhere. So yeah. you just go to museums where there's Viking longships and shields and swords that were buried in the ground and burial grounds and stuff it's just a lot of viking stuff because it's they were the guys who right were you born there then born and raised there yeah yeah oh crazy and when did you move well about 26 wow i moved over to england so yeah my whole life was was there that's wild man <laughs> I, I don't know why i mean what's the population like over there uh, say it's eighty thousand, but they've been saying that for about 10 years so it's oh, probably, right. probably more than that probably <laughs> the, yeah unless but, uh, people are just dying at the same rate that they're being born but true yeah but man, so that's crazy. Was it just sort of like time to go? Did you just sit there? I just basically, my whole life, just always wanted to do stand-up. But when you live on a rock, mm. you kind of realize the limitations of, I'm either going to work in an office or I'm going to work on a construction site. That's about yeah. about it. you know. And then I just thought, if I'm ever going to do it, I've got to, uh, got to move away. And my girlfriend of a few years, 
studied in Manchester at uni. So right. I would bounce backwards and forwards to Manchester for like four years. Mm-hmm. And then I knew that Manchester, London and Edinburgh and stuff were good places to go to be a comedian. So I thought, yeah, it must be tough once you're like experiencing that city life to then go back and be like, this is not the same speed. Like I would yeah. imagine. It is because put it this way, that there's no real buildings on the Isle of Man that are bigger than a house, if that makes sense. <laughs> so the yeah. tallest building is a house. So when you come to a city, you're just like, holy shit, everything's so big. Like the yeah. pavements are big. Like the buildings are big. You just get freaked out. And I'm used to it now, but when I first came, I felt like a Spanish guy. I just felt like <laughs> everyone was looking at me and speaking the language. They all know I'm not from here. Like, Yeah, is it a pretty wild accent over there? It's kind of like, it's, apparently it's a cross between Scouse and Viking. Right, okay. Which is a bit weird. But That's it, pretty it, rad. To me, it's more like a Scouse farmery accent. So people sometimes say to me, are mm. you from Liverpool? And I said, no, I'm from the Isle of Man. And they go, what? <laughs> but I think Liverpool's probably the closest place to it. So you can get the boat straight to Liverpool to go shopping and stuff. So Oh, that's pretty sick. So, um, yeah, people do day trips. They, they jump on the boat at 8 in the morning and start drinking. <laughs> and then, they go, then they smash Primark, go to Weatherspoons, and then get back on the boat and carry on drinking and, and then just do it all in the day. I'm sure I'm sure so many people have just missed that boat home and just <laughs> fucking stranded. Like mate, My mate got so wasted he woke up on the boat to England. <laughs> oh, no. He was, just, he was just on the boat on his way to Liverpool and he like, phoned everybody. He's like... I'm on the boat. We're like, why is it? I don't know. I'm steaming, and now I'm on, now I'm on the boat with my passport and my, and my bag. So, wow, I'm on an adventure. <laughs> I like that. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's funny. My parents are taking a cruise and they're landing in Liverpool for like a day, a day. Uh, next month. Yeah, so they're like, hey, you're gonna be around. I'm like, fuck, why not? <laughs> like cruising over from Canada though. It's like I'm oh, like, wow. yeah, it's like a month long cruise. I'm like, that's amazing. I don't know if I could do that, man. It's to me, it's too long of a. My mum's kind of obsessed with cruises. She she can't wait to do one, but I've never done one. I did have a job interview to be a trainer on a cruise ship. Oh really? Um yeah, and it was um it sounds amazing when you first go, mm-hmm. and then they're like, oh you do, you, do you, you know, you just no tax, you keep all your money and blah blah blah, and they basically say that you don't get a wage, you got to share a room <laughs> with a stranger for nine months. Yeah, the laws that uh, you don't protect your taxes also don't protect you, so they can yeah. sort of. <laughs> Also, no labor laws out there, I would yeah. imagine. <laughs> and then um, we did, like, a, basically, there was only three PTs, and we all had to, like, train each other. Mm-hmm. So then she was like, right, you two just train each other, and I'll watch, and it's, like, to show us how you would train people. Yeah. Um, and I was pretty nice on the other PTs. I was doing pretty basic stuff that you could do that's not going to strain you to make them look good. Mm-hmm. And they gave me, like, jumping split lunges and shit like that, which is really explosive. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not an explosive guy, so I really struggled. Mm-hmm. And then I got feedback for it, and she goes, uh, maybe try again, because we don't think you're fit enough to do it. <laughs> I was just like, fuck you, bitch, I'm a personal trainer. I'm yeah. fit enough, but... Yeah, so, but then what, one of the guys who actually went came back within, like, three days. And I sent him a really? message, and I said, what happened? He just went, horrible. He said, 14-hour days, no wage, he said. Wow, that's horrible. crazy. Yeah. I think different jobs in there can be more fun. They just make you swim back after. <laughs> you got to row home if you don't like it. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I know a co- comedian on cruises is a thing, or comedians who work Yeah, that might be better. You think? I'm, I'm, I've heard, like, mixed things about it. Like, Doug Stanhope said, like, yeah, when you bomb, you just the next day have to be <laughs> yeah, around the people. <laughs> Who just saw you do terribly, and you're just well, trapped there. I saw a BBC documentary, one of the British dudes, was it, what's his name? Jimmy something? Jimmy, I know there's, Jack, there's Jack Ryan. Uh, it was Jimmy, I think it was Jimmy O or something. Like. He went and did it, and, uh, and they filmed the whole thing, and um, yeah, it's kind of like, because uh, you're just doing it to like families and stuff during the day, and then nighttime, it's it's more 
adults and stuff, but he was doing the families and um, yeah, it, it it didn't look fun. It looked a bit awkward and a bit tense. And like you say, if you bomb, you got to go have toast with the people you just bombed and run up. I think I think it'd be fun like for a weekend, and like you know, if you're the entertainment for the weekend, you get on the ship in Liverpool, get off wherever. But it's like once you're there for a month and you're like you are the entertainment five days a week. Yeah. And then the same people start coming in and shit and seeing oh, your act again and you're imagine like Imagine that. Oh the same people because if you bomb once, they're probably not gonna come back. So you're just gonna be there to five people for the next twenty nine <laughs> days, just like, oh well. Or just people with nothing else to do, just showing up to heckle you or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, that doesn't that sounds good. Yeah. A weekend you could bomb once and be like, Well, I've got two days of sunbathing before I can leave, so <laughs> I'll be fine. I remember I heard a news story of some airline that was uh testing out having comics in the air really? for like certain sections of the plane or whatever like performances i don't know if it ever went past like just the testing phase but i'm like mate if the opening joke isn't what's the deal with air, air food, <laughs> food, you absolutely kill myself yeah i don't need a comedian i need specifically a jerry impersonator. <laughs> i think observational stuff about the plane but nothing to do with crashing in case we all freak out yeah of course yeah that's never fun um, so let's get into video games a bit. Uh, you, have you been a gamer like your whole life? Are you all, a big gamer? How do you describe your, your gaming? Big history? gamer. Um, You're wearing a PlayStation sweater. Exactly. So. I, I love that. Uh, yeah, my first ever game was my dad took me into his office when I was a kid and we played uh, the original Prince of Persia. Oh, sick. I don't know if you ever played that. I don't know if I played the original one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first ever one. What, what system's that? Well, we had like a PC with like a like a. We said we had an Atari, but we just had like a PC, a keyboard. I thought it was a PC game, like the original. So I was gonna say, yeah, maybe it was. I was like five at the time or whatever. Right. But we had like a big joystick, and then we had the keyboard. But we'd we would keyboard. Is that what it's called? Isn't it? I think so. Yeah, or the gamepad. I feel like I said that wrong. Yeah. So we were playing at the keyboard, and then so all the controls we do was like shift and then run and then all that. So we did it on the keyboard. But he was like, yeah, you know, you can sword fight, and then there's these big metal jaws that cut you in half and all that, and it just sounded insane. You look at it now, it looks crap because it's all sort of t 2D sort of side-scrolling thing, but mm -hmm. it was just absolutely mind-blowing. And then it, I think we got that on, on our PC at home, and that was the first game we smashed. But there was like... So you were just hooked immediately at that Yeah, point? but there was like 20-odd levels and you couldn't save. So every time you played it, you had to start again. <laughs> <laughs> so we were just like, oh, it was a bit mind-numbing. So there was that. And I remember playing like Leisure Suit Larry when we were dead young. Oh, really? But that was a game where you were like this player who would try and talk to women in bars and stuff. Mm -hmm. but you wouldn't be able to play it unless you answered a question. Only an 18-year-old person would know. Oh, really? So me and my brother would <laughs> sit at the keyboard <laughs> and you'd get like three attempts or something and it'd kick you out or something like that. And we would sit there trying to guess the answer to this 18-year-old question. And every now and again, we'd get it right. And we're like, oh my God. And then we'd play this game where we were like talking to women in bars and stuff. And we just thought it was like... Oh, yeah, man. I remember Leisure Suit Larry because they... It's still a franchise. I think it is, yeah. You can get it on, like, the Switch now yeah. or whatever. Probably doesn't feel as seedy now as it did back then. But. I think it still is, dude. <laughs> I, I think who's ever making these is some, like, millionaire with a passion project. Yeah. I, I would it's doubt they... In the basement. I'd be surprised if they even make money on them. Uh, and it's just, like, these games. But, like, when I was, like, a horny teenager, I remember, like, renting it. Because they don't... I don't think they did, like, the adult check growing up where I was from. Oh, okay. Or at least certainly some stores didn't. And yeah. so they just rent shit to teenagers. And, like, I remember it was, like, hiding a porno magazine. Like, I, <laughs> when I was done playing it, I'd have to, like, take the disc out, like, hide the game. 
Because I didn't want my parents to see, like, what, what the like. fuck is Leisure Suit Larry? I know, but if you play it now, I don't think there's anything even that seedy in it, but it just felt, like, really rough. It was like having porn, wasn't it? Like, playing porn, but it... Mm-hmm. Well, and they were, like, mini-games. Like, it basically, like, I remember there was one, like, it was Space Invader, but you were, like, a dick shooting cum <laughs> at, like, STDs or something, like, wiping the... Like, you know, it's just the most base level. I don't know why that I don't know why it's not still big. Uh, so what was your, like, golden age of gaming? When, when do you think you were playing most... I'll be honest, it's been pretty consistent. I mean, mm. there was that, and then we basically just got, we, we shared a Mega Drive Sega! console. We were we only allowed a Mega Drive if we shared it, so we got it as a joke, because me and my brother's birthday is like three weeks apart. Mm-hmm. So we shared a Mega Drive, which is bad, because mm. we hate each other. So we were always fighting. Like, I was about to say, though, video games really do unite brothers, like in, kinda, in yeah. certain ages, you know? It's like, even if, because I hated my brother growing up, but it would like, it would unify us in a way. Yeah, we always played the Mega Drive together. And then um, we're always fighting over it and stuff. Because he's not a gamer, he's just really good at beat em ups. Right. So Mortal Kombat, he just take my head clean off. <laughs> yeah. And then everything else, we would just kind of like, I would just be a decent level. But it got to the point because Mortal Kombat was quite gory. Mm-hmm. So my dad got a bit annoyed because he saw that we were doing like these death moves and stuff like that. So he tried to take it off us. And we said, right, we'll turn blood off. And we won't do the death moves. <laughs> and he was like, all right, okay. And then we, were, we were sat in the front room, we were playing it. And I beat my brother, and then it said finish him. And I was Baraka, because he was my favorite. He had yeah. the swords coming out of his arms. And I was like, just had a moment of like, ah, fuck it. So I was like, I, I thought I'll just guess his death move for a laugh. So yeah. I just went up, down, in the square. Next thing, <laughs> he pulls the sword out and just takes my brother's head clean off. <laughs> and then my dad went over and pulled the cartridge out and just threw it across the room. Really? <laughs> like, no. That's, so, yeah. that's so funny, man. Parents, like, fear of video game violence is so, like, it's crazy because now I remember playing a uh, Call of Duty Black Ops game mm-hmm. a few years ago. I had to, you had to go up behind this guy and kill him. Yeah. And he went up and he got a knife and he put the knife in his throat <laughs> behind his windpipe and then snapped it off. And I'm like, that's so much worse than like Mortal Kombat when we were kids. That's unbelievably like of course visual. I remember one thing about my dad is he saw me playing The Sims once and I was like trying to start a house fire and like <laughs> I didn't like one of The Sims so I was making them cook. Like surrounded by wood. <laughs> <laughs> surrounded by wood. And, and he just saw it and he was—he thought that was fucked up because he's, <laughs> he's like, the game isn't meant to be that. But yeah, but, yeah, you're, maybe, he's like, my son's the one doing fucked up stuff. Yeah, but maybe he thought you were gonna be like a arsonist in the making. That's what I mean. So he was like, nah. Yeah, then he—he spoke up about that one. Yeah. But uh, anyways, we've we've talked long enough here, and we got a big one to get into. So let's get into it. Ben Wermuth, this is the game of your life. A first-person shooter released August 25, 1997. It was developed by Rare, published by Nintendo, and was based off the GoldenEye movie released two years earlier. It was made by an inexperienced team and had low expectations, but went on to sell over 8 million copies, making it the third best-selling Nintendo 64 game. It was an important groundbreaking shooter, introducing stealth elements, single-person missions, and console multiplayer deathmatch. So, man, this is a big one, just as far as groundbreaking this. 
Uh, but were you like a fan of shooters before this? Like, had your dad introduced you to any gun games? Do you remember, or was this sort of your? I don't know. There's no real memory of it. But obviously, we all must have played like Doom at some point and stuff like that. Mm. So it's. Uh, well, and how old are you for reference? I'm thirty six. Thirty six. So you would have been a bit older than me when this came out. So I was seven when this was released. Right. I think you would have been eleven. Yeah. So you were probably right in the sweet spot for oh, like yeah, yeah. this kind of game. We were just. This 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 took over our life, like, <laughs> pretty much consistently for probably a couple of years. There was just because it was a combination of it just being the best game ever. But my cousin was like a Jedi master on the game. Oh yeah, like he just knew everything. Like he, he, <laughs> he you know, like things before you, the internet. Like, yeah, the people who have it things all figured you would out. Find on the internet now, he just knew, and we were like, I would always just be like, How do you know this? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I just do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So were you like? Because to me, like. This game is almost separated from the movie. Like, I, I watched the movie earlier today, and I'm really glad I did, because it gave me, like, a more appreciation for this game and yeah. how, like, loyal it stuck to the movie. Like, scene oh, for yeah. scene. It's pretty... But were you, like, a James Bond guy at all, or was it sort of, like, a separate, just... Separate thing to you? I think this was probably the first James Bond film that we really got into, because I've got no real memory of James Bond films before this. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's because of the game. Because I just remember it just being the film and the game just being, like iconic that you just uh, it was just so good yeah like that's what i mean it's like the game i know the game in mainstream or sorry the movie in the mainstream was like a really big deal yeah but james bond was already a really big deal yeah in, but, in pop culture but i think pierce Brosnan was the bond of my generation because of this game when totally. you thought of bond you just thought of him yeah that haircut the fucking the silencer yeah yeah i was thinking of that earlier when i watched the movie i'm like yeah this is totally james bond that's what i mean it, that that is it obviously cheesy now when you look back at it, but that was James Bond. It was just full on cheese, just saying all the catchphrases, and it was just, mm -hmm. that was it. It was just, yeah, it was just great. So do you remember, like, what was the spark that made you want to get this game? Was it like, had you just heard reviews, or was it like... I have no, I mean, yeah, we're talking 10, 11 years old, I've got no memory of getting it. Mm -hmm. I just remember, I think I went around to my, so my, my cousin's friend, had a gold N64. Oh, hell yeah. With a gold pad. That rules. And we'd go around to play Warzone and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and he had Goldeneye, and basically, any it was like a 40 50 minute walk from where I lived. <laughs> any chance I got to walk over there, I was walking over there <laughs> just just to play Goldeneye. Yeah, um, and we would just smash it over there, and I was just so hooked on it there. I think that's why we just got it and then started playing it at my house and stuff. And because it was just it was just so good. It was great, right? Until so, someone broke through his window and stole his gold N64. Really? Yeah, we went round one day and we were like, yeah, yeah, gold nine. And he was like almost in tears. We were like, why was going on? I dude, I feel like in the Isle of Man, like you would have to almost know that person, like. Kind of, but I, we live on like a couple of council states, so there's two rough council states, and that's pretty much where we live. And everywhere else is pretty nice, but right. <laughs> we were, that's, that's, like, that's like the only rough area. And he left, he's on the second floor as well, but he left his window open, second floor. Don't know how, but someone's climbed in the window. <laughs> well, you can't let word get out of that gold N64, dude. Gold. The word was out. People that's were like, what I mean. It was, a, <laughs> it was a rough area, gold N64 lying around. No, nah, it's bound to happen. Game over. <laughs> So yeah, no, for me, uh, I forget, I think my dad, because my dad was always into video games, but he only liked like the first person ones. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was playing Hexen, which is like this not well-known N64 game. Um, but yeah, it's the first person one that he was fucking hooked on. He played games like that. So I think he got it because he thought it would be his kind of game. Yeah. And then like, you'll know what I mean by this. Like this isn't like most shooters even now it's no um and i like nintendo has a way of doing that with the genre like 
Like, a Nintendo 64 shooter is different from, like, a regular one. The same way, like, Smash Bros. is different from, like, a regular fighting game. They must have their own way of it. Well, that's it, because, like, Doom and stuff, it was just, like, blow everybody's head clean off. Whereas yeah. this was, like, be quiet, do it slowly. Oh, hang on, you forgot two of the things that you were meant to do. Right, go back and do them. So it was, like, doing the objectives. There was taking it slow, trying to do it stealth. Yeah. Because so, some levels you could do it pretty stealthy for most of it. Mm. I remember getting annoyed every time I got seen. Totally. You know I mean, and that wasn't really something that you did in the first person shooter back then. Absolutely, and then there'd be different ways. I think it's one of the first games that had different ways to complete the missions and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he played it for a bit and didn't like it at all, and we basically put it aside. And I was like, "Well, can I play it?" And he was like, "Well, no, it's a violent, like it's a shooter game." And again, I'm seven at the time. <laughs> but then he'd played it enough where he was like, he didn't. I remember him being really unimpressed with the graphics. And he thought it didn't look anything like real life. Looks nothing like James Bond. So basically, <laughs> that was basically his thing. He's like, oh, they're block people. He's like, oh, he can play this. Because he, he thought the graphics were low enough that it wasn't like so real it violence. Violent, right? okay. And I was like, I thought the graphics were fucking awesome. And I, was, and I wasn't even like a James Bond guy at all. But it, it was the talk of the town at that point. Yeah, yeah just yeah, just time. I, yeah, I'll stop setting stuff on fire if you let me play this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll change my ways. So we'll get into the bit of the game, how it works, some basic gameplay. Uh, the main story, the one-player mode, is broken into just a series of levels. And it is just the movie, I've realized, broken. Yeah. It sounds so dumb to say, but I'm like, I can't believe how close the movie was. It is, yeah. But it's it is like all the scenes of the movie is broken up. So like these starts at the dam, then you're in facility, then yeah. you're in the runway, and so on. And you can choose the at the beginning to be an agent, a secret agent, or a double O agent. And that's not only the difficulty of the level that decides how much ammo is going to be laying around, it decides yeah. how much health the enemies have, and also the missions you have to do. Which I think is interesting. Because in a lot of them, it's just when you're the agent, it's just get to the end of the level. Yeah, the game doesn't change, does it? Yeah. If you play a game now and it's on normal, it's still the game. Yeah, totally. Whereas if you beat it, if you beat it on hard, you'll unlock super duper hard, but it won't be, you won't go, oh, here's five more levels. You'll be like, what? Like, yeah. Like, why is there extra content you didn't give me? Totally. And like, even these games, like in Dam, as an agent, Dam's the first level. You just have to get to the Dam and jump off. Yeah. But as a double agent, there's like shit past that jump off point that you have to go check. So there's whole other like chunks of the level that you're not even really well, that's experiencing. It, yeah. There's all these bits and bobs that you have to do, which is why it was like a thing back then. Like, like I said, my cousin was really good at it. People would give the cartridge to someone. <laughs> yeah. So, so I don't know if they paid him or something. They would <laughs> give him their cartridge and say, can you finish it for me? And he'd take it home, mm -hmm. finish it for them and give it back. Oh, wow. So then they had all the cheats unlocked, all the levels unlocked. Mm -hmm. So then when they play multiplayer and everything, they can just do whatever they want. And he would do it all the time. Because, yeah, that's how the this game worked, is, like, uh, in the multiplayer, you're choosing a variety of levels and characters and weapons. But all that shit's sort of locked in the first player mode. Yeah. And so you only get, like, a lot of the characters by beating certain levels. A lot of yeah. the levels, you only unlock by beating them. Well, that's it. And so it really does push you to, like... Okay, when your friends aren't there, you should still be playing this. Should actually play. <laughs> yeah, because you think in the multiplayer, obviously, you, you've got all people like Jaws and Oddjob mm. and stuff as well, haven't you? Yeah. Which, which made the rule of no one's allowed to be Oddjob. Of course, yeah, which should never be broken. And then, like, and, then, like, <laughs> and then my friend was like, can I be Jaws? I was like, yeah, he's like seven foot tall. Of course you can be Jaws. This is an open target. Who the hell wants to be Jaws? Is yeah, you have to aim down if you're going to shoot someone with Jaws because he's like the size of Andre the Giant. I know, shooting him in the balls and he runs past. And, and yeah, there are, like you said, these two even secret levels, uh, Aztec and Egyptian, yeah. that you can only get if you beat every level as a secret agent and then every level as a double O agent. Yeah. So it really, it's not only just like 
a good fleshed out first person mode, but replay ability is like built into it. Because you'll you'll beat this game all the way through three times if you really want to milk everything out of it. Well, that's it. Games don't seem to do it as much Mm -hmm. now. It's kind of like, well, you did it. Well done. (laughs) And then you just go, well, where's the DLC? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Whereas whereas that was obviously built into the game. Oh, you're not not finished yet. You've still got this and this and this. Well, and then you brought up cheat codes. And I think that's another brilliant thing this game does is like, not only can you play through the levels a bunch, but if you beat them quick enough, you'll get cheat codes. And you don't even know where, how quick you got to beat it or what level. But if you just like go as fast as you can and then check the cheat mode screen, realize you got a new cheat, you're like... It was, it was, I remember watching my cousin do facility fast. Mm-hmm. And it was like staring at the Matrix. Like I was like, I couldn't <laughs> believe... Because he knew where every guard was, where everything was, mm-hmm. every which which button to press. He was even opening doors before he was even at them. Like he was just so tuned into the level, it was just insane. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, it's like the game encouraged speed runs out of you. you know? Yeah, and especially in the level of Silo, which we'll talk about later. But that's literally puts a timer at the bottom. You got to beat it by. Yeah, uh, and if, I think if you beat it in half the time, you unlock turbo mode, which is just then you can run around. Because the cheat codes, more than anything, were for multiplayer mode. Yeah. It's, exactly. it's like that's what made them sort of fun. Big head. D- DK mode. Donkey Kong mode. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> I was thinking that, because I was looking at the cheats thing the other day, and I was like, oh god, I, thought, I forgot, I had like a hidden memory that I forgot, because mm. paintball mode was a thing. Yeah, I thought that was the, one of the sickest ones. Because we literally, this is how many hours we put into it, we'd sit there writing our names on the walls in paint, and you yeah, know, just same. like drawing dicks on the walls in paint and stuff, because <laughs> we were just like, that's how many hours we put into it, we were just finding other things. So there was, there was a the map called complex and we'd always do it on that we'd always draw all over the walls and stuff. <laughs> yeah no kidding uh let's get into the multiplayer a bit too because that was the big selling point of the game i think or maybe not the big selling point of the game i think the first person mode was so innovative like you'd not seen anything like that before but the, i think the part when people talk about it in, yeah. with those rose tinted glasses we're all thinking of those memories yeah. of the multiplayer mode i mean it was it was online multiplayer before online multiplayer because yeah. like, all COD and stuff like that now wouldn't be a thing if that didn't kick it off with like, oh, look how much fun it is to kill your friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, in the N64, like, uh, I know a lot of people go back and forth between that and PlayStation, but the big thing I thought it had over PlayStation was the, not only the multiplayer, because people will bring up the multi-tap on PlayStation, you could have four-player. That was a bit fiddly, though, because I, I had a multi-tap, mm-hmm. it, was, it was hard work. It was fit, and not only that, is these games weren't being built with the four-player in mind. So even though some of them might have had that as an option, it's like the N64 had multiplayer games where that was the idea going into it, is that four people be able to play this. Like, this game innovated the four-player deathmatch on, on the screen. Well, that's it, because if you went around your friends, he would have GoldenEye, Mario Kart, mm. a wrestling game or whatever. Smash Bros. Yeah, and you just put four controllers in. If he didn't have four, you all bring one each or whatever and mm-hmm. just plug him in and, it, you know, just ready to go. And it was, yeah... Having four controls and plugging in like that was just absolute chaos. Yeah, it was the best, and you could do it with two or three as well. So, yeah, yeah this game, I thought, really, like, innovated that in, in shooting games anyway. Yeah. And then they had a variety of modes, too. Normals, obviously, just whoever gets the most kills. But then there's You Only Live Twice. You remember that? Where everyone just gets two lives, and oh, no. when you run out of lives, you're just eliminated. The one we did most was One Shot Kill. Yeah, what's that called? Uh, license to Kill, I think. Oh, was that what it was called? Yeah, it's a one-hit death one, mode. One bullet, you, you, you die, because we'd all get, like, RCP-90s that 
machine gun that was in the game. Yeah. And we'd just be spraying. <laughs> just trying to trying I, to get each other. It was so much fun. My friends and I would do a mode where it was... Because in, in multiplayer, you can set what type of guns that are laid out everywhere. Yeah. So if you want just assault rifles or just proximity mines or just like whatever. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. we would do proximity mines only, but one, yeah. hit, one hit kill. And so you're basically that. just walking around the levels like... Terrified. Hoping, hoping you don't explode. That's it. Because it, with... Um, remote mines as well mm. like a little trick that my cousin showed me was like if you threw them and they stuck then you could detonate them yeah but if you threw them when they were in mid-air if you pressed a and b together you could set it off in mid-air yeah so your friend would like run past and you just sling it behind the back of his head and just set it up <laughs> and just blow them up yeah but, i remember in complex that level you had there was this little like uh hideout spot you could take yeah and if you protect the entrances with mines and shit you could hold out there <laughs> and just trying to find an angle to like chuck a mine in there with the guy it's like man i'd spent hours just doing that mode that's what i mean because all the different things where you can just put mines on and stuff mm -hmm. it, it made it so much fun because you think of it now what we just walked around shooting each other that's boring but there wasn't there was so many different modes yeah that you'd come with like levels of it and it's like people would sort of just they would take the template and make their own sort of modes out of it. Like, I mean, because there was golden gun. There was one with a golden gun that where that's just a golden gun is in a fixed area and you sort of rush yeah, you to go who find can be it. the first to get it. Because I remember on facility we play golden gun mm -hmm. and the first person who got it would hold everybody else hostage <laughs> <laughs> and he'd take them up into the toilets and make them all stand in different cubicles and just talk shit to them like, don't move stay there don't you, don't you look at me turn around until someone makes a run for it I would imagine. Well, another little trick. I don't know how cousin found out. You could get back into the vent. In I the remember this facility. This is a big you, moment. If you, you, you wrote it, it's like you turn around on, on the spot with a stick mm -hmm. and hold one of the yellow strafe buttons. He would just he would just jump straight back up into the vent. I don't know how someone figured that out. No, I remember. But it's it's those things like these things like we grew up in two different countries. And we yeah. still... <laughs> a tiny island in Canada. Yeah, and eventually someone came to school with the information, like, holy shit, I found out how you yeah. can get back up into the vent. This is what I mean, because there was no internet, so was it in a magazine? Is there just some, like, Jedi just roaming around teaching people? I, I think, think it's just... it's just like, like uh, you know, high-functioning autism at, like, <laughs> at work. Or someone just like spent every moment in every corner of this level just, doing whatever you could. But that's kind of what it was. There was a couple of other little secrets as well, which I think I've forgotten, but there was just stuff like that where you're just like, who the hell figured that out? Like, and God just, bless them for doing it. I know. <laughs> Change the game, because then someone can't get you then. You just hide in the vent and be like, well, screw you. I've put mines everywhere. There's also uh, the Living Daylights, they called it, which was just capture the flag. Uh, I, I don't think I ever did it much in this version, but Perfect Dark, which is like oh, a spiritual successor to this. They would sort of master that capture the flag uh, mode. That. I remember doing that a lot. That was great. Um, I think I might have played it once, Stars. It does ring a bell now you've said it. Mm -hmm. But I don't it, think that was... The thing with this is whoever had the flag couldn't shoot anyone. So they would just pick up, you're basically picking up arm like weapons so other people can't get them and just trying to keep the flag as long as possible and everyone just mows you down. But I don't think I did it much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so covered all that. Uh, do you remember your favorite your like favorite levels in this? I guess we sort of covered facility was always a big one. In the multiplayer or single? And multiplayer. We'll do the single ones after. Facility was the one. That was the main one. Mm -hmm. Because it was. Just... They were so big. It facility. was because you started in the toilets and then obviously you went down and you had this, the the rooms off to the side mm -hmm. and then you had the big sort of siloy bits where you threw the mines on in the, in the main story. So it just felt big and there were so many corridors to it and it just. You could hide in one of the rooms and just close the door and stuff and just wait, <laughs> just wait for someone to see you and stuff like that. And also it got to the point, 
Well, you could hear certain doors. You knew where they were. Yeah, totally. So you'd be in a certain area and you'd hear one of the doors open and you'd go, right, I know they're about to come through this door. You're just so, tuned in. Yeah. I remember co- we talked about Complex, but I don't even think it was a single player level in this game. I don't I, think it was either because I thought that. I was looking back at it and I thought, oh yeah, I... Because I, I remember the, the greyness and the ramps and all that sort of stuff and I was like, which level was that? But when mm. I saw it on the multiplayer, I was like, oh, maybe it was just... It sort of reminds me of Cradle aesthetically, but it's not Cradle. Like, yeah. Cradle's up in the sky, so... They, I think they just made it for the multiplayer. But it was fun. That was probably one of the most fun ones for me. Yeah, it was just... I, I think it's probably because they created it for multiplayer, so it was like... It was all sort of circular, yeah. like every path led to a different... And which, and which multiplayer map was the... It was either Aztec or Egyptian, where it was just very just beige... Mm-hmm. And there was just loads of ramps, little side tunnels and stuff, and yeah, secret doors everywhere. And there was a huge uh, hole in the middle of one of the floors, so you could see down yeah, to yeah. the lower floor, and you could sort of just see them running around and try and shoot them and stuff. Can't remember which one it was, but that was that was definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, one of those two for sure. So yeah, let's uh, with that with that being said, let's get into the levels and the story, the single player mode. Was the single player big for you? Like, did you also go through that a lot? I played it, mm-hmm. but I found it reasonably difficult because it got a bit fiddly in terms of doing all the different things that you had to do and then so I think I might have given it to my cousin and said right you finish it <laughs> and then I'll play it once you finished it so he finished it so everything was open mm-hmm. so then I could cherry pick each mission and I would go in and do each mission and play them separately yeah so I did play it but I don't think I smashed it through on my own I think I just kind of went through and played it in segments and bits and bobs but the single player was was great yeah because I remember like it was that it was sort of that thing where like I said earlier when I was alone I was so into 007 like it's all I was thinking about I was playing <laughs> multiplayer 007 that yeah. I'm like fuck it like at first I remember we'd all just written off the story mode because we were like whatever well yeah because it was so much fun to play with your friends yeah but then when I was so like itching to play the game with no one else there that I'm like fuck it I'll give this single player mode a try and I got like really into it like yeah. Uh, I never ended. I'd never beat everything on secret agent or double agent because I thought that was just too difficult. It was like some of the levels really are like, yeah. And, so, and some of the things you had to do, it'd be like, oh, have you done the blah 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 blah, and you'd be like, what? And mm-hmm. then it'd just be like this little tiny panel in the corner, and you've got to shoot it, and you're like, well, how would I know that that was the thing I was yeah. gonna do? And <laughs> yeah, there's no quest markers or anything yeah. like leading you directly then. There was there was moments in the story that always stand out, like the bit on the train. You've got to use your watch mm-hmm. to to saw off the little things on the panel to drop out of the train. Yeah, yeah, totally. That was that was definitely a James Bond move. That's probably the most I ever felt like James Bond <laughs> <laughs> ever. Well, yeah, I'm gonna go through the levels and just give it your quick thoughts on them. Uh, I'm I, I asked you to do your top five. I don't know if you're gonna be able to do them in real time here, but I know what they look like. But mm. the names are probably gonna elude me, so I can just okay. So well, once I read them out, maybe it'll uh, it'll bring back some memories. Yeah. Because the classic ones, the first two are in my top five right away because they just yeah. they're so iconic. But the first one being Dam. Uh, yeah. And it's funny. I did just watch the movie, and the movie just starts with him like running across the dam and jumping off. <laughs> but in this level, it's a whole level. It, it's like you show up to this hangar or whatever, and there's yeah. like a guard tower right in front of you across yeah. that little bridge. And if you kill that guy right away, you get like your first sniper rifle. You can do this whole level as a sniper if you want to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's got body armor up there too and shit. And start taking them out. Yeah, and mm. just working your way through. I always remember it being really short. I think it's a lot longer than my memory is. Mm. But my memory of it was like that first bit, and then you jump off the dam. But obviously yeah. there is more to it because you well, go through and then it's like... Yeah, there's that first bit, then you go under the tunnel, and it's sort of a big open area. 
Yeah. Where you gotta wipe everyone out. And then it's the dam right after that. But you gotta go in a building and, like, open the... There's a little thing on the right here. You gotta go into the right and start doing some bits and bobs. So or there's... or there's, there's a truck driving through, too. And if you just follow close behind it, you can get through the gate. Because they open the gate for the truck. Uh -huh. So there's a bunch of different ways to do the level. Yeah. Like which, we... is, which is great. Because, again, that back then is, is kind of groundbreaking. Super, it, yeah. Instead of going, this is how you're supposed to do it. They're like, well, you can do what you want. You can go that way, you can go that way. You can murder everyone, or you could, like, sneak by yeah. without killing anyone, really. Because I remember playing, like, the old Splinter Cell games, and it would be like, well, you can take the lift, or you can climb through that vent, or you can climb on the outside of the building. They'd be like, oh, so there's more than one way to do it. And it's just like, mm -hmm. but that's a hell of a lot. Yeah. So and... many years after Goldmine. Oh, I mean, the Wikipedia for this said, like, they, uh, it was the first shooter to have single-person missions, too. It's like, yeah. I don't I don't know if that's totally true. But, yeah, that sounded strange to me. But then I'm like, Doom, the point is typically get to point A to point B. Well, that's it. Well, that's I, still a mission, isn't it? <laughs> right, yeah. But I, as far as, like, using stealth, like, techniques, and then, you know, finding certain key cards and shit like that. Yeah, like maybe to have some kind of strategy here probably was the first one to actually have a, a thing to do mm -hmm. rather than just kill people. So I will say right off the bat, Dam is my third third favorite game or third favorite level in this game. As we move along, okay. Is it in, in your top five, or do you not have it? I there? would say so, but I'll rank them when I'm finished talking about them. Okay, cool. I'm trying to Fair. Well, well, let's go to the next level. Figure out which ones I love more than others. Yeah, right. It's tough. I, I had a tough time with it. I know. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely am. Uh, but the next level, we talked about the multiplayer facility. Um, everyone will remember starting in the vent above the toilet, and again, like, I'm, oh, this will be the last time I say this, but the movie starts the exact same way. <laughs> it's Pierce Brosnan's in the, like, little in thing, he releases the grate, the grate looks the exact same, and he just sort of comes down and punches the guy. But, That's the video cool. game's even cooler, because you can shoot the guy, and if you use a silencer, you can shoot his hat off, and he won't, yes. even, he won't even notice. I remember doing that. <laughs> yeah. I remember shooting his hat off. That's actually a really funny memory. And he just chilling, like it didn't just happen. Yeah, and he just <laughs> stood there, not having a piss, or a shit, just kind of facing the door, just chilling out. And then shoot him again in the head. Uh, so yeah, it's a great way to start the level, but there is so much to this. Like, even yeah. just to get to the like back silo area you were talking about, you sort of have to use control panels. There were so many little rooms. You mm -hmm. open the door and there's just three guards just staring at you and you're like, Jesus Christ. And then you gotta, you take half your life bar off trying to kill them. And then it's also the introduction of scientists in this game. Yeah. Because there's like, they're just, they, they are not aggressive characters, but you, they're working for the bad guys, obviously. You, you gotta fight the urge to just murder every single scientist you walk past. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, because you're allowed to kill one, and I think that sort of gives you, like, a, if they get killed in the fray, sort of, it gives you one sort of freebie. One freebie. But then if you kill, or it might be two. But so if you kill them, you have to talk to to, to move forward. So mm -hmm. you can't obviously kill those ones. And if you kill a certain amount of them, you just fail the mission, and oh, you, wow. you have to restart the level. Because literally in every level it says, don't kill the scientists. It's like one of the mission things. Because it knows gamers so well. You see this innocent person that you've got a gun next to. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. But in doing that is interesting because they, they create different types of NPCs. It's not just you mowing down everything that moves. It's like, no, it? these are meant to be different people. They're not soldiers. It's because some of the rooms you'd open it up and there'd be two guards and three scientists. So you can't just spray wall to wall because you would kill the scientists. <laughs> so you got to be like, damn, I've... I've actually got to aim and not try and not murder everybody in the room. Yeah, totally. It's like those uh, in the shooting range when they're testing cops. And it's like criminals <laughs> that pop out, but then like a, a mom and a baby. <laughs> you shoot the mom and the baby in the face. And, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> she looked kind of dangerous. <laughs> uh, and I remember this level ends with... Oh, one more thing about the scientists. I forgot. You remember if you shoot them like twice and they don't die? 
they'll pull a gun on you. Have you ever seen that happen? I don't know. Yeah. So if you shoot a silencer, like you have a silencer, which is weak, shoot him in like the foot and the hand or something. And yeah. he pulls a magnum on you <laughs> and starts trying to... I do remember shooting them yeah. in, in the limbs to see how many shots it took, but I don't remember them actually pulling a gun on me. No, I remember that was like a thing someone ran to school and told us once. That's amazing. And then the level ends with you meet 006. He's sort of the main, the game's main villain. You don't Just know like this that. at the, that point. Uh, and also Omarov, I think his name is, and he's the actual, like, he's the leader of the other... See, the general dude. Yeah, the general yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. And they stage like a mock execution of 006, because at this point you don't realize they're working together. Ah, yeah, 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 because a big twist in, isn't it? And you can actually watch it, you can watch that happen in the game, yeah. but the second it happens, then Omarov uh, orders everyone to shoot at you. So you got to sort of <laughs> run away right after. Uh, but there's also the point, you're meant to also put remote mines on the yeah, big silos Yeah, that's a big gas. memory is walking around, sticking the mines on each of the, uh, the big tanks. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't even think you have to as an agent, but as a secret agent, that becomes a mission. Oh, okay. So you fail if you don't do that. But yeah. I could be wrong on that, actually. That was fun. Yeah. Like so that. that, that... And then you got to run down some conveyor belt to escape, haven't you? Yes, yeah. I remember that as well. Yeah, ex exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that uh, facility is my number two favorite level in this game. Probably my number one. It's number one. It's tough not to, man. Because it's just the one we played the most, and it's mm -hmm. the one I remember playing the most in single player, because I didn't play single player a ton. Mm -hmm. definitely the one I smashed the most. And it's such an important level to this game. Like, it really does. For both the multiplayer and the single player, it's, like, iconic. It's just if someone says to me, Goldeneye, I picture an RCP-90 in my hand, and I'm stood in that level. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the first thing I think of. I yeah. mean, I have to jog my memory to think of all the other stuff, but that's the first the first one. Well, you might remember this next one. It's weird. It's a really short one, uh, Runway. I remember it's the one that everyone beat quickest, because that's, that's how you get DK mode. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, literally, there's a tank. It's the first level with a tank that you can get into if you want. Okay, uh, I don't think it's obvious that you can get into it, though, is it? No, uh, but you're right. The The whole point is to do a mad scramble to a plane that's yeah, taking yeah. off. And all you have to do is touch the door. You don't have to kill anyone, really. It's Or, or you might have to open the gate, I think, or the hangar gate for the but plane yeah, There's people about, yeah, because you can either kill people or you can just chance it and leg it all the way, mm -hmm. all the way to the plane. Yeah, they're just shooting at you like mad and you just have to survive. That's why the tank's handy. It's basically like a, another sort of health bar for you. <laughs> yeah. to just, just drive to the plane in a tank <laughs> and jump from tank to plane. Yeah, and it's funny because like in this in the movie, this scene is just a segue, but then they actually make it like its own level. It's just like to get you from facility crazy, yeah. to the it's next part. It's not that part. much of a big thing to do. You just got to get in the plane. So there's to make a whole level for it and to do all the design. It takes design like and two minutes or less if, you, if you're yeah. quick enough. Uh, but that takes you to the surface. I believe this is in Siberia, but don't quote me on that. Snow uh, one. Yeah, the snow one. I always like the snow ones. Me too, and especially because you, it always uh, comes in the camera's bird's eye view on Bond. Yeah, yeah. And in this one, he's wearing the big... <laughs> he's wearing like a snow outfit. <laughs> yeah. But it's... The, and a so, white one, too, so we can blend in with the go. snow. Camouflage. Yeah. There's something about being in the snow on a game when you're James Bond is very James Bondy. I don't know why. Maybe because he's always skiing and shit. Yeah, so, totally. <laughs> so when you play a game when you're in the snow, as James Bond, it always feels very, very cool. Yeah, because there is that other one on GameCube that was probably like the second most popular James Bond, and that starts you like a snow area as oh. well. I think you ride like a uh, jet ski snow, or whatever. Yeah. Not a jet ski. I played pretty much every James Bond game, I think. So. Mm, that was like Nightfire or something. I forget Nightfire. what it's. I didn't have a GameCube, so maybe I missed that one. Ah, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. It's, it was no golden though. <laughs> it looks hard to shoot the guys on that level though, because they're white as well, and the snow's white. So it's yeah. just like, is that a guy? Is it? I do have fond memories of this level, just because it's such a big open level, and yeah. then all the buildings are sort of small and isolated. Yeah. So you could sort of explore through this area one by one. There's not a ton of people to kill. No. And the it's... whole the whole point, you're just trying to get into a bunker at the end of it. I've, I've played a few stealth levels on games over the years, and they've actually been in the snow, and it always feels really cool. But mm -hmm. well, this was the first time. It was like the first proper like stealthy, you know, action vibe in the snow. There's little cabins everywhere and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just felt cool. Well, and you're you are meant to get into a big satellite building and use a console. I forget what for. Maybe just to like oh, yeah, I'll I remember that. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because if you blow up that console instead of using it, you just insta fail the mission <laughs> and the alarm goes off. It's always like oh. So you said alarm. I actually got the alarm in my head then. That's how <laughs> iconic the alarm is, that high pitch, like, you hear it, huh? that just came into my head then, Jesus. Well, and then the next level is Bunker 1, where you're probably going to hear that alarm again. Yeah. It, this, again, is a sort of stealth mission, and if you, you can kill the guards before they set off the alarm, but then once the alarm's hit, it does become just a blast to the end. So the first time you meet Boris? Yes, hey. I have that written here, Boris, uh, he's the computer genius. Uh, and it's hilarious how much his likeness is similar in the movie. He's just like, you can hear the voice, even though he's not voiced in this game. There's just something funny about Boris. Every time we see him in the game, we're like, Boris. Yeah, he's like, wearing that orange sort of yeah. shitty t-shirt. Hawaiian thing. He always had that pen. He was always <laughs> clicking in the film, <laughs> wasn't he? Yeah, and you basically, like, uh, force him to open or do something with a computer for you. Yeah. And doing so, he sets off the alarm and then and escapes. Yeah. yeah, and you just have to leg it to the end of this level. <laughs> But uh, you will see Boris again. Classic Boris, mate. Don't you worry. You can't beat Boris. Uh, the next level I talked about earlier was Silo. Uh, you're basic. I love its whole. The whole thing is centered around this missile in the middle of the silo. Yeah. And you're just running to the top to try to destroy it. Yes. And there's a timer from the very beginning. A bomb is set. You have eight and a half minutes to beat this. So, uh, it's it's funny though because they make you blast your way to the end. But then there are level there are ones like you said earlier. You have to talk to scientists to get key cards okay. to to ascend to the oh, top of the silo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're in the mode of just blasting through everyone, you might come in and just waste everyone, <laughs> and then like fail just by doing that. And then you, you killed scientist Jeff, who's got all the codes. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, let's start again. And, and once you do it, you destroy the silo. So this was a big win for James yeah. Bond storyline wise. I don't love timed. Levels they always annoy me, mm -hmm. but if it's actiony and it's like James Bond and stuff, it's it's like a different vibe. So it's kind of it's well, it's cool. And and I said it earlier, but this unlocks turbo mode. So I think they really built this level with the idea of like. Well, that kind of makes sense. Isn't it? If it's you've got to finish the speed run one. and it gives you the fast cheat. Then fair enough. That, that that that's like a through line that's makes it worth it, probably. Yeah, totally. And I don't think there'd be any other ones like that. So I'm sort of happy if it's just a one and done. Yeah. Um, the next one you're on the frigate. Which I guess is a word for big, big fucking big, boat. Big boat, yeah. Frigate. Uh, and I don't remember much about this one. I know there's hostages you have to save. Uh, yeah. But you're just I going... just remember getting off the speedboat onto mm -hmm. the boat. That was like, always remember doing that. <laughs> yeah. Getting off the speedboat. Because that again was very sort of James Bond-esque. I was like, wow, it's just like the film. And it is sick. Like, the whole idea of this level is yeah, you come out from nowhere, get on the boat, waste everyone in there. <laughs> Save the hostages, and then on the other side of the boat, you just have a you take one of their safety boats and just leave. The you're gone. Yeah, <laughs> leave all the poor hostages, all those corpses. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you'll be fine. Just just call somebody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone will drive past in a couple of days. Just 
Try and avoid the smell of the corpses. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure storyline-wise, these are all connected, too. I mean, I did just watch the movie. It's pretty base. But there is some levels that feel just almost like side missions. Like, yes, there happens to be a bunch of hostages. Let's save them and, you know. Yeah. Well, that's what they got. Because sometimes, if you take a scene from a film and go, let's make a level. Mm-hmm. If, if you watch the film, it's like, we well, it doesn't really do anything. So you've got to be like, oh, look, the dismantle the thing over there and it's like they'll just put stuff in there to make it worth your while yeah otherwise, otherwise what's the point in really being there yeah totally uh the next one is surface two and this is the only level that this one in the bunker are sort of split into two and yeah. they do feel sort of like extended just big levels they cut up yeah because i because that is one level in my head mm-hmm. so the fact that it's two is weird because i remember being in the snow and then going down into the bunker yeah, and I I think the similar thing happens. Like I don't have much of a difference. Although I believe in the surface two, you're caught at the end of it, and then in bunker two, you be, you begin in a prison. Oh. Like you're in jail, ah, and yeah, yeah, and there's yeah, like yeah. a I believe even a guy captured next to you. So yeah. that and that's the whole part. That's the whole thing that makes that sort of separate from the first one is breaking out of jail, and then yeah, then it becomes just escaping the bunker. You just can't like beat breaking one. out of jail in a game. No, it's awesome. They leave you in jail and go, oh, well, figure it out. And yeah. you go, oh, great. Right, find a key. Gotta... Yeah, talk to the guard. Yeah. Pretend to be sick. Yeah, got to trick the guard, punch him in the face. I, I was trying to remember if this was the first time I'd been locked up in a video game. But then I remember Chrono Trigger. You're locked up. So there's been at least one time before this. All right. I was going to say Metal Gear Solid, but I don't know if that was before or after. Yeah, before or after 97. I, w- I would like to say after, but I have no idea. Because I remember because you had tomato sauce. And if you lay on the floor and then chose the tomato sauce, <laughs> he'd pour it out like it was blood. Oh, really? And he'd lie there on the floor in the prison cell, and then the guard would go, what the hell? And he'd run in, and then as soon as he came in, you'd punch him in the face. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and it was just, like, such a cool thing to do in the game. Classic. Uh, level number 10 is Statue. This is my fourth favorite. I'll say it right off the bat. I, I love this, the I aesthetic like this of this level. This, this, this is one with, well, not Cracker, but we always called him Cracker, because he was Cracker. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Hagrid. I f- totally forget. Ronnie something? Mm. No. Okay, I can't I tell you. his name now. But we used, we used to always choose him in the multiplayer. Go, Cracker! I'm yeah. going Cracker! No one else is going Cracker! I want to be Cracker! And then we would always play this play this map on the multiplayer. As well. So it's very, like, empty in the head. Mm. But there was something quite fun about it. I don't know yeah, why. and almost it's like... Uh, this will sound obscure, but stick with me. It's like... Uh, like a modern artist took a junkyard and made like a gallery yeah. out of it and it's dark and like mm-hmm. you say quite artistic whereas the other ones are quite like it's it's in a bunker it's in a facility it's on a boat mm-hmm. whereas this was just like it just didn't match the same with like Aztec and Egyptian it didn't match the rest of the game really it kind of stood out a lot yeah I always just love how this game looks and I forget who that character is or what they even do in the level I think it's a correspondence this cracky you're talking about yeah he's but, he's, he's in like some red uh, what are they called? The shipping container. Yeah, the shipping container. He just stood in the back of one, mm-hmm. and you just got to go in there and be like, hey, how's it going? Just talk to him. He's like, why are you stood in here on your own? Yeah, you're looking for intel or whatever, and then when you get to the end of this level, you're turned on, and that's when you sort of have to blast your way through. Yeah, you get yeah. up to this plateau where the statue is, that's where the name comes from, oh, okay. and that's where 006 reveals himself from behind the statue as not dead, and you're like, what the fuck are you doing here? Evil bastard. And he's basically like, have he's saying like why do we even work for the CIA or whatever? <laughs> he's like, have you ever thought of all those countries we've like overthrown or whatever? Yeah. I don't think he says that in the game, but in the movie that's sort of his uh, motivation. Is Sean Bean? Uh, I think so. Yeah, it's Sean Bean, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and uh, sure? so this is the big betrayal in yeah. the game, 
and that's when 006 is revealed as sort of the, the big piece of shit. It's quite, it's quite a poignant mission, weirdly. Mm-hmm. I can't remember doing a lot on it, but I just remember it vividly. Yeah, I, I think it's, well, it's the turning point of the game. It's exactly halfway through. Um, sorry, I'm just remembering if you kill Almorov and... Uh, yeah, it's exactly halfway through the game. It's the big reveal of who the actual antagonist is, and it's sort of like a unique level. So I think that's why it's my fourth favorite. I think it really yeah. does stole so. Uh, it definitely stands out. It's, mm. it's it's one that comes to the, the front of my mind as soon as I think of uh, as soon as I think of the game. I remember playing that one mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, and then that leads you to archives because you're captured here basically. Yeah. Um, at the end. And this game, this level I always love. It's is, my fifth is, favorite. Is this the one where there's a gun on the table? Yes. And you got, that was so good. Yeah, you're being interrogated, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. But there's a gun on the table, there's a guard at the door. Yeah, yeah, And... This was great. This was a great level. Yeah, how would you handle this, typically, in this situation? What, the gun on the table? Yeah. Well, I don't know, because it, it happened, and then we just stood there, and we were like, what do we do? <laughs> yeah. There's a gun on the table. And after a matter of time goes by, you go... Well, I'm definitely picking it up because he's got a gun, but you're like, well, screw it. Yeah. Pick up the gun ah, and shoot. And then when you kill everybody, you go, oh, that's so cool. I had to just pick up the gun and shoot my way out. And then obviously there's like bookcases and stuff and it's quite library-esque looking as you saw. Yeah, it's weird. It's like a out. jail or like they have a holding cells or whatever. Yeah. Almost like a police quarters. I just remember a lot of wooden floors. And, and it's uh, called archives. So I think that's what well, it's meant to be. There you go. An archive. Yeah books and stuff but it's just strange i guess this is where they're holding people for now or whatever it's like uh, it's it and i remember liking the aesthetic though because it's different like it's the green and the yeah the green and the browns that's why i remember because playing it in the multiplayer as well i remember throwing a lot of mines around that level (laughs) 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 trying to smack my friend in the face Mm. and you also have to find natalia who's in a different room yes Uh, and that's when so i mean everyone who's played this game has gone into that room and shot natalia in the head accidentally (laughs) Because the guy's right behind her, like the guard who's holding her hostage is like yeah. off to her right, so it's so easy to just cap her and be like, fuck it, it. The thing you forget about this game is you had to fire from the hip. Mm-hmm. If you held the triggers, you could do that cross-hairy aiming thing, but it was a bit fiddly, so mm-hmm. most of the time you're just firing straight from the hip, so... Yeah, did, it's either, the hip would like, it, you could get it bluntly, or you could sort of have like a loose uh, aim of it, Yeah. but when you did zoom in, it almost became too exact, and yeah. it's like too it was like hold, triggered. It was like holding the mouse, trying to aim, it was just like, which is very exact, but you know, it was just, it was it was almost too sensitive then, it's like... Yeah, so I'd always do from the hip as well. Yeah. Yeah, and then I remember this is, uh, it's like an escort mission, you're getting Natalia out of the yeah, archives. Out, yeah. um, she can Which be again, a bit annoying sometimes, her AI. She, oh, yeah, yeah, it's stuck on walls and stuff. <laughs> but I don't remember a game before this doing a mission where you have to get somebody out. Yeah, me so neither. That was, pretty, that was pretty cool. It was very Resident Evil 4, you know, trying to just... And, and figuring out where to go for the first time is like how to escape, and then you just end up jumping out a window. <laughs> and it's sort of like, okay, that makes sense then. And then that was very James Bond. Yeah. You're just very, right on to the next level. This streets, uh, I'll put it as an honorable mention. Uh, I've, it's my number six, if you will, because this is the one that's called Streets. And is this just, where you get the tank? This is where you get the tank. Well, that, yeah, that's got to be in my top because that was just, that's pretty cool. Yeah. A oh. 3D tank. Oh, yeah, man. Down the street. And just like blasting guys, running over guys, and you get the crunch sound effect of the like their body getting fucked up. That's it. Um, and, but just the the whole aesthetic of the the level, like we said, with statue, this looks different from all the other levels. Yeah. Uh, half of it's done just out in the open streets, where it's just chaos. But then you'd be running inside of buildings and stuff. Yeah. Um, there is one guy. I forget his name, but there's a dude in a suit you have to meet at some point. Who's just like 
Just much like the guy in statue, just chilling in a house, sort of <laughs> standing in the middle of a room. But this was this was in the the trailer for the game. They had him in the film in the tank, and then they'd have him in the game in the tank, oh, driving right. down the streets. They were like, "Look, it's just like the film." It's like, whoa! And it is sick. It's just so funny how overpowered it is. Like, I don't yeah. remember ever dying once you get in the tank. No, but the thing is, though, <laughs> I mean that kind of some games, like yeah, like I was playing um, Battlefield couple of weeks ago and I was just tank commission mm-hmm. I just kept getting rinsed I just kept getting blown up and I was like this is not even fun I'm in a tank yeah. I, should be, I should be killing everybody and it's like that's what the bongi that, that mission was it was just like yeah I'm in a tank I'm going to win like yeah. <laughs> start running <laughs> yeah this uh, this isn't one of the more difficult missions but it no. is one of the more fun ones it, yeah I suppose the thing with James Bond game is to make it make you feel cool as well for James, sure James Bondy. So this is in your five. I am going to ask you for the five at the end of all I know. this. I so. know. I'm taking a mental note. <laughs> it's not easy, though. The next one is a depot, which it's not the most memorable level, but what I do like about it is that it starts almost as a stealth mission, and then about halfway through, like, an alarm goes off or you shoot someone, and then it turns into, like, a gun-it-to-the-end sort of yeah. mission. So they, they managed to, like... By this point, you've done missions of both kinds, either gunning it or just stealthy. Yeah. This is one of the ones where it just actually mixes both mixes of them. Mixes them both together. And because you've done the ones before, it's sort of, you know what to expect. Yeah. But nothing really stands out about the aesthetic of it to me. It's a pretty no, just like... it's not really ringing a lot of bells for me, unfortunately. Depot. Yeah. Depot, dude. Well, that's what, even the name is pretty... I uh, know, it's going to be no one's top five. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Depot is my number two. Yeah. Should I'll, be in the shit five, dude. I love Depot. Oh, I forgot to do that for... Uh, for Mario sixty four, when we did the levels, I did my three bottom levels. But <laughs> I didn't, I didn't do this on this Let's one. Let's put Depot at the very bottom. Then. Yeah, Depot's number one um, of the shit list. Runaway can be there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like Runaway. I have a soft spot. Maybe Surface two. Surface two didn't offer a whole lot. But uh, moving along, level fourteen is Train. Uh, this one is that's, fucking yeah, excellent. That's that's Actually, I don't know how I didn't have this in my five. I think I might have to bump archives because. <laughs> It's just so awesome. You start in the very caboose where all the luggage is and stuff, and it's just a linear sort of just, blast Just working your way down through. a train in a video game is fun. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what. I remember there's a game, PlayStation, called Chase the Express. Have you ever played that? No. I got it for my birthday, and you were just on a train, and you were like <laughs> just this special agent with a gun, and you had to just make your way down the carriages, taking people out, and the whole game was on the train. They just took this level? Yeah, yeah. and it was just, there's something about, and uh, you're like a... Uncharted game as well. Like every time you're on a train and you got to work your way down the carriages, mm-hmm. it's just fun. So that was like, yeah, again, probably the first memory of doing a train mission. Um, and yeah, the the most of it ever felt like James Bond is using your watch. Yeah, that is the part people will remember because this one, I I was wrong earlier when I said Silo was the only timed one because there is a the the end of this is stressful. The end of this, they start a timer while the timer's going down. So mm-hmm. that was. I couldn't handle that level of stress when I was a kid. <laughs> me neither. It was too much for me. Because it, the aiming, like we said, is fiddly. Mm-hmm. So when you were trying to take these little things off the hatch, you, you know, your watch is going all over the place. Oh, on top of that, it, I don't know if it expressly makes it clear you need to use the watch in the game or how no. it does that. Yeah. So I remember not knowing that was a thing and I, I was like I shooting at the hatch with like a silencer yeah. or whatever. I think I saw someone do it and I was like, oh my God, because it was just mm-hmm. like mind-blowing. So yeah, you had to access it like from the menu. You had to like switch to yeah. pocket watch or whatever. So to, yeah, to, to to take the things off with your watch was just like so cool. Well, and the other thing in this was that uh, Natalia had been captured by Omarov, and so you in I don't know if you do it as just a regular agent, but you also kill him in this level. Yeah, and that sort of gets rid of like the second bad guy in this game. You and her jump out the bottom of the train, don't you? Yeah, 
You you murk him, you take off the panel and escape the train as the train explodes because it's full of bombs. you got to explode the train. You can't just get off. (laughs) (laughs) Which is sort of redundant because it's just full of corpses by the end. It's not like you killed anyone. Had the evidence. (laughs) (laughs) Did you you kill 100 people? Nope. There's nothing. Yeah, no, I just blew up a train full of bodies. There's a big pile of rubble over there, mate. Nothing to see there. (laughs) This next level um, is a great one as well. Jungle. That was a good one. Yeah, so you jump right from the train into an airplane. Uh, the airplane shot down. That's not part of the level, but yeah. uh, this game begins, and you're in the middle of a jungle next to a fucking wrecked airplane. Because, again, it was totally different from all the other levels. You're in a jungle. Mm. So it was just... They nail the aesthetic, man. And, I mean, I guess Rare, like you said, the only games they've done is Donkey Kong, so <laughs> they should have their jungles down yeah. at this point. If you've done Donkey Kong and you go, jungles, how do we do that? Leaves and stuff? <laughs> yeah, they must be able to do a jungle by then. But, it, again, like... It looks it, great. Yeah, like, like the statue on it, it's just kind of dark and eerie, and you could hear all the jungle noises, and it was just like, wow, this is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's got the rope bridge you got to walk across. Yeah, it's yeah, got yeah. a boss battle with, uh, I forget her fucking name, Xenia, is it? Xenia? Is that the dark-haired chick who kills people with her legs? Yes, yeah. Mate, a girl I know in Ujunga... Killed someone with her legs? Well, almost. <laughs> we we used to go... So I dated the older sister, my mate dated the younger sister. Yeah. I dated her briefly, but we were always around their house, all just like the place we hung out, mm-hmm. these two sisters. And one day they were like, oh... Uh, come upstairs, I want to show you something. I said, okay. <laughs> and everyone's just chilling in their bedroom. I'm like, okay. She goes, come in. And I sat on the bed and she wrapped her legs around me. Yeah. And she squeezed. And I swear to God, could not breathe. Really? I could not, I could not breathe in or out. I couldn't do anything. And I thought I was going to die. Wow. And she was laughing. And I was like, no, like legit, like I'm going to die. Like, get, like get your legs off. <laughs> and I took her legs off and everyone was laughing. Like, oh yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I was like, no. Like I actually could not physically breathe. And then I thought back to Goldeneye because she killed everybody with legs, and I was like, "Yeah, that's actually a thing." Like that. Do you I, think that's where she learned it? I don't know. Yeah, maybe because it, <laughs> she thought it was hilarious, and I just, I, I, I just swerved it for like a month. I was like, "Stay away from me! You scare me!" Because it was <laughs> that's was, fucked, man. It was terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, because it's hilarious. I was gonna say I didn't buy that as a move. Oh when no! I watched the movie earlier. God damn! But you're attesting that this was confirmation for me. Like, because in the film you go, "Well, that's a bit silly," but no, trust me. I'm surprised no pro wrestlers ever adopted that. I know, yeah. The old Lakes is. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a move, isn't it? Well, it's a triangle, but no not one, on no body, one, though, no on one. Well, yeah, but not as the finisher, not as the oh, submission. Oh, not as the finisher. No, more of like a wearing him it's, down. Yes, yeah, that's the way to keep him in place. Yeah, true. But yeah, the jungle has a boss battle in the middle, then you escape. Uh, yeah, it's a great level, top to bottom. It's There's... weird that my, my best memory of the jungle is not even in, on the level. It's it's at the end when you're kissing it in the jungle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for like two minutes for the whole credit scene. Oh, yeah. You, you're just in the jungle kissing Natalia. Natalia yeah. uh, and she does that thing with her leg. Yeah, I wonder if they up. recorded that then or if they went back to the jungle after for posterity's sake. <laughs> like, hey, babe, like, remember the jungle? Let's oh, go yeah. back there. Remember the jungle? That was so, it was so hot in the jungle. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the next level, Control, um, man, this is a great level top to bottom as well. This so is, yeah. You escape the jungle in an elevator that leads you to the secret sort of headquarters. So right away you have to destroy cameras, you sort of blast your way in. Uh, there's just tons of shit to do in this level. It's really big and expansive. You find Boris for the last time. <laughs> uh, he shouts out his catchphrase. I just remember there being a lot of big screens. Mm-hmm. And it was um, like a huge, you know, you see in films like the... 
scientists all sat behind desks and big screens everywhere. That was kind of what that level was. It was yeah. Well, it's a literal control room. I think that's where the yeah. name comes from. Yeah. And Boris, you're sort of tracking down, and you have to, like, chase him. I don't think you can kill him. I think he always gets away or he's invincible. Oh, but he, if you... He, he gets blown up in the film, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, and I'm pretty sure maybe he dies in a later level. That's why he escapes, is because he has to be somewhere later. Um, I, I don't remember. He's got things to do. The fate of Boris. Um, I'll beat Boris, man. <laughs> but gotta love, I gotta love him as much as you hate him. How does Boris... Clicking his pen. I'm invincible. Yeah, no, and that's what he yells in this game. I am invincible. Uh, <laughs> no, he does, yeah, and he runs away. The only actor played... In the game, however, yeah, he's last seen fleeing from Bond. So I was right. And this is the last time you see him. And if you follow him all the way to the end, he goes in the secret, like, hovel area almost, like underneath the staircase, and there's body armor there. So no, yeah, I remember that. At yeah, least we chased him. Yeah, at yeah. least it's like the last favor he gives you. He uh, <laughs> shows you to some body armor. Here's some body armor, mate. See Which is that. funny. They should have they should have killed him off in Cradle or something. Or yeah, should have just let you put those mines around his feet and then get him to shout "I'm invincible" and, and then blow him up. Kill the guy. <laughs> uh, the most memorable part of Control to me is the when you're in that big room with all the screens and they start sending waves of enemies at you. Yeah. And there's the two different staircases. There's two staircases coming down, mm. and, and you just feel like you're getting spit-roasted, because they're just coming from every angle. Yeah, and Natalia has to do... She has to override the computer. Yeah, you got to protect it. So oh, that said, was a pain in the ass. To me, that was so stressful and oh, so, mate. so difficult. It was, because it was, yeah, it was, it, was, it was almost like she took one bullet and went down, so it was mm -hmm. it was, it was chaos trying to... It was, again, it was a very cool moment, but just, oh. And when, like, like, you'd feel like you're almost there, and then all of a sudden you just see mission fail, and turn to your left, and someone's just there gunning down Natalia. Yeah, someone's like, like, oh. someone's like one foot away from you, like, how do you get that close to it? <laughs> studying the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and after you do complete that, it's just a mad rush to the end. Uh, but yeah, the control always stuck out in my head. That's no, a no, really no, good definitely one. a great one. Uh, this other one, I didn't remember this one that much until I... Re was reading about it. Caverns? Do you remember this? It's just this very dark brown walls. And yeah, it's like a cave area, it's, essentially. It, the reason that stands out to me is because of the multiplayer. Right. It's one of our favourite multiplayer ones because there was a lot of walkways and stuff and you were down in the caves. Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's sort of cave areas connected by these little like walkways. walkways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that definitely stands out to me as a multiplayer one. But single player, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you the actual beats through the mission I yeah me neither I single player totally don't remember it um i thought it went straight from control to cradle no, but no there's yeah, this caverns yeah. level in the middle yeah but then after that yeah this is the the last level in the story sort of i don't worry about the, the chair there i'm gonna break it <laughs> it was already broken uh but yeah cradle how would you describe what the structure is because i'm like i've never been sure of what the cradle i remember it being is. really annoying mm -hmm. i remember it just being like constantly running up a ramp and then down a ramp, and then mm -hmm. up a ramp, and then down a ramp, and then eventually you drop down a ladder yeah. and shoot him in the face. It's like this of... giant sort of metal structure up in the air. It was a huge satellite dish, wasn't it? That was That's what it yeah. was. Yeah, it looks like something uh, Dr. Manhattan would have created yeah. in like uh, The Watchmen, you know? It's just this giant sort of abstract looking thing with all these ramps that go Because in the film, ramps. what, doesn't he fall off it mm -hmm. into the dish? Yeah. That's how he dies, 006, isn't it? But you've just got to, you've got to shoot him in the face in the game. Yeah, well, end. in this, he, you, you're just chasing him the entire time throughout yeah. this level. Uh, and then, obviously, he has guards sort of flanking yeah, him. Yeah, they keep coming you at you. Take him. Left, right, and center. And the very end, it's like, you're in this 
you go into this tiny room, and then there's this ladder down to an even tinier platform. Yeah. And you have to chase him down I fell there. fell off that a couple of times. That wasn't fun. It's tough not to, because you're right next to him. It's literally like like a phone booth. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, yeah. And he's got, like, decent health, because he's a boss. Yeah. So you're trying to, like, unload on him while also sort of move around. It's just you fall off constantly. Yeah. It's a really weird boss battle, like, to just make you battle it out on this tiny platform. Yeah, you think after all you've been through, <laughs> you're on some you know, four square foot thing mm-hmm. trying to shoot them while, you know, satellite dish below you. Because it was just one of those, back then it, it was a bit more punishing with games. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, sorry, did you fall off the tiny platform? Start the whole thing again. It's like, oh. Yeah. Whereas now they sort of give you a bit more leeway with checkpoints and stuff. But Yeah, you can even yeah. do save states if you're on an emulator or whatever. Oh, yeah, it's definitely. Like just a second before. But yeah, just, yeah, you drive you nuts doing that. So, yeah, you murder 006, and that's the end of the game storyline-wise. And you go back to the jungle for a snog. And then, yeah, you credit, <laughs> roll the credits. Although, like I'd said, there were two, two bonus levels. And I really didn't write down much for them. I like I said, I'd never beaten the game like that, so I don't think I'd ever played these in storyline mode. I did, but because my cousin was the Jedi Master, so I gave right. him the cartridge, and he unlocked everything for me. So then I played these levels. Do you remember the difference with Aztec in Egyptian? Or I, I know now, Jaws I, is a as is, is a mini boss on one. He's of a them. boss on one of them, yeah. But I think I think I attempted them, but just got smashed because I always found these two really difficult mm-hmm. um, to do all the different things that I had to do on them. But I just remember them being cool because, again, like the jungle and stuff like that, they just stood out. Yeah. Because you're in a temple and you're just like, what? Like, it's totally, totally different to everything else. So I don't remember a lot about the actual story beats for these ones either. I'd heard they, yeah, they really were like original levels that stood out. I heard they like added as many sort of high tech guns as you could. They sort of. Yeah. All the stuff they couldn't fit into other levels were sort of dumped into these levels. You had levels. like the Moonraker gun or something, didn't you? Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like a laser gun. Space pistol or whatever the hell it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I remember this is more the multiplayer smashing these levels, but I, I remember playing them and going through them. There was, there, was, there was a lot of shooting consoles and blowing stuff up. That's all I remember. Yeah, and there's a bunch of unlockables as well you can only get from doing these. Yeah. So, like, the golden gun is only unlocked from beating Egyptian, yes. and I'm pretty sure you only get that Moonraker laser from beating Aztec, yeah, yeah. as well as I'm pretty sure Jaws is unlocked through beating yeah, him and stuff. true, because he's there. I think our job must be unlocked in the other one, maybe, because he's not in there. Probably, yeah. He's not in Goldeneye, is he? So he was, he was there as well, so he must have been unlocked in whichever one Jaws wasn't mm-hmm. unlocked in. Yeah, so they really, like... If you really have to earn it if you want to get everything in this game. It's like beat every every level at minimum twice because you have to do it as a secret agent and a yeah. double agent, and then beat those secret levels again. It's like you got to play it through three times to get most of the stuff. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, you got to work for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, uh, as we round it up into home plate here, uh, we'll cover the music and the graphics, which I always do with these games. Yeah. And like I said, my dad really shit on the graphics at the time, which I'm like. Because you always try to review it in the time. And like, yeah. did these graphics blow you away at the time? Or were they just sort of like... Well, yeah, because mm-hmm. like, the wrestling games were like, Revenge and No Mercy and stuff. They looked somewhat similar. Goldeneye mm. was, yeah, block. it's kind of like back then it was like, do a blocky body and just copy and paste a face on. And that was kind of it. Yeah. But I don't remember... Because the thing is as well, when you shot the characters and stuff, the way they moved and the way they jumped and fell over and stuff, they looked so realistic in, in their movement. I love how they die. There was the same dying animations for them. So yeah. Like they'll fall to the knees and then you fall know what? forward. It was so satisfying. So I was watching a clip the other day and I was like, I forgot how satisfying it was <laughs> shooting people in that game. You really felt like you shot someone because when you shoot them in the knee, mm-hmm. they bend down. 
You shoot them in the arm, they turn that way. So yeah. They actually react where you shot them. Totally. Yeah, because I think there's a difference between the animation and the just how it, the graphics look overall. Yeah. And the graphics do sort of look clunky, but I don't feel like that was the... Because it's, it's, it's also the difference between... Like, you could bring up Ocarina of Time, I think came out before this, and sort of looks better. But it's also cartoonish. Yeah. Whereas this, this is like... Being made after a real movie in 1997. But yeah, but maybe it was a, it was a thing of gameplay versus how great it looks. Because if totally. the gameplay's that good mm-hmm. and it doesn't look fantastic, I don't think anyone cares. No, I agree. You know I mean, I think as well, your dad's a growing ass man. Yeah. I, was, I was 11, you were seven. So the, <laughs> this is most things are mind blowing when you're that age. So I think just uh, the game in general was mind blowing. So when I said it when we uh, I did No Mercy a few weeks ago on the part, it's like. What you just said is totally true. This game still gets brought up as one of the best of all time. No one's talking about the graphics. And I'd play it today. Mm-hmm. And that's what's annoying about because they're trying to do an AW game and they go, yeah, but the graphics. I'm like, but they said they're going to make it play like No Mercy. So if the gameplay is fantastic, I don't really care that much about yeah, the graphics. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, yeah. And Golden Heart was like one of the best games of all time. So <laughs> even if it was Stickmen. If it's going to be the best game of all time, like why are you going to argue about how the texture on the face? Like it's who cares? Well, and they do do certain things like well in this. Like when you shoot someone, like not only is it, like you said, they react to the body part, yeah. but like the patch of red will show up there. Yeah. It'll act like they've just been shot yeah. there. Like and like I said, the scientist is a great yeah. example. How like if you shoot someone in the limb, it doesn't do as much damage as if you shoot them in the head and stuff. Where yeah. I think that was not done before this game, Headshots I'm pretty sure. And stuff, yeah, and it was just... Because that aiming thing, you'd hold down and you'd aim, mm-hmm. and you could hit him in the arm, in the hand, in the head, and there'd be a different reaction and a different result for everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just have no memory of it being, like, bad graphics. It was always just like, this is... This yeah, is when I think the graphics, if whatever they were, were sort of limited by the time period, obviously, but what wasn't was the music, the soundtrack they did for this is yeah. unbelievable. Like I said, if you... It's rare to a T. They always fucking nail the soundtrack. Yeah. If you mention a level, I can almost hear the track. And I played this game, what, 20 years ago? 25 mm-hmm. years ago? Well, and in watching the movie earlier, it's really loyal to that, too. Like, yeah. all the noises that it makes at the beginning, or in... Like, when he's in the facility in the movie, it is that same, the same sound effects, the same noises you yeah. hear. But then they've taken those noises and turned them into full-fledged, like, original songs. Yeah. Every level in this game has its own song, which is fucking crazy. <laughs> like, I know. Well, they said that the, the music in the game was better than the film. Way better. They said, they, said, they said that they absolutely knocked it out of the park. And even just, like, reloading your gun. Like, mm-hmm. I can hear that in my head. Yeah. When you say reload a gun in Golden, I can hear it. I, I can I can hear all the, the bodies, dude. All the yeah. deaths. Like, ah! There's, noise, <laughs> there's noise when you shoot them, yeah. The, the mines, I can hear the mines. I can... Everything. You can hear it all still, and it's like, for it to be still in your brain after... This many years. Mm-hmm. Testament to how good it is. Yeah, I agree. Um, sometimes we do a segment on this show called Critique Your Baby. Uh, if, if there's anything you could critique from the time. But, I mean, we sort of talked about the graphics. I, I can't really think of many things I, mean, I would, like, fix at the time. And especially when it was so groundbreaking. Like, how do you change things? Again, if we played it now, we'd probably go, oh, well, that needs work. But yeah. we're, we're grown up. Whereas when we were kids... It was amazing. It was just the best thing ever. So it was like, I don't know. I don't think the the only thing you can think of is maybe adding some voice acting. That's it. Yeah, totally. Which I wonder because they re-released this game in 2010. Had you played that at all? Or? Yeah, I played it. What, what the re or uh, the different version? 
Well, I think it was Goldeneye, but into just the a remaster. I don't know. I'd never played it. I played both. Of them. There was two. There was a remaster, and then there was a new game called Goldeneye. Oh, really? And I finished both of them. Um, and yeah, we were good. Um, nothing on, obviously the, the first one. Did they add voice acting to the remake? So they put Daniel Craig as Bond in the remaster of Goldeneye because oh, they wow. didn't have Pierce Brosnan, and he was the current Goldeneye. Right. And then um, is Pierce Brosnan dead? Side note. No. No. Did a film with Jackie Chan a couple of years ago. Oh, that sounds Wait. sick. Well, he no, it no, wasn't. It wasn't I, sick. I, I love martial <laughs> arts. I love Jackie Chan, but Pierce Brosnan's doing like this Irish accent all the way through it because he's like trying to take down the IRA or whatever, and it was just. It was a bit bad, like, and Jackie Chan's like this old dude who can just fight amazingly and, you know, as usual. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, it's a weird one. But no, yeah. I think it's still alive. I, I agree. I think I think this game is timeless. I think it was perfect in the time. I, I don't know if it would hold up. I've never played it for like twenty years. Uh, like yeah. if you if you sat down with four friends and a bunch of beer right now, would you have the same kind of fun you had back then, or, I think we or was would. it in the moment? I think we would, but I think the problem is just the controls because mm-hmm. everything's double sticks now. Right. Back then, it was a stick and strafe buttons. Mm-hmm. So at the time, that's just how you played shooters. But that's not how you play shooters now. Now it's a stick and a stick. So this stick moves your body. This stick moves your head. Totally. Whereas that was, this stick. I think it was like, forward and back, left and right, and then the strafe buttons would like rotate you. And then if you pushed up and down on the other buttons, you could look up and down. So it was, at the time, felt fine. But now it would be so confusing against how you play a shooter now mm-hmm. you'd spend about three hours just trying to line yourself up to be any good at it to then shoot each other <laughs> so if you all went in cold i think it'd be a laugh because then you could just all be bad at it but totally if someone's practiced then you're just going to get slaughtered mm-hmm. but i also just like so much of what i think i enjoyed about the game might have been the way like we said we'd make our own unique runs of it like yeah it's that childhood imagination that we maybe don't have anymore like yeah. making them certain games because I remember we'd play the games where we weren't even shooting each other we were just like exploring the levels and trying yeah. to find secrets and shit just messing about like I say mm-hmm. we'd do go and gun hold each other hostage we'd, we'd get the paint mode on and we'd paint everything yeah. and we'd get big head mode and just try and shoot each other <laughs> in on massive heads yeah. then we'd do the mines and hide the mines everywhere and just constantly be terrified and mm. yeah there was all sorts of crazy stuff but yeah, that's yeah and it lives in that sweet nostalgic zone so I almost, I almost am uh, hesitant to play it again just because it's such a perfect. Like, I know, perfect memory. Yeah, you don't want to ruin it, but yeah. I don't know if if they, if they did some kind of double stick version of it and said, "Do you want to play it through on again? the Switch and then make it online compatible, like so you can God. just join big death matches or whatever." Imagine that. That could yeah. be sick. Like I facility think... with like sixteen people. Just well, Far Cry, five. Hmm. A fan remade Goldeneye. Oh, sick. as an online. Made he made all the levels from scratch. <laughs> took him a while. It took him like I, months or a year or something. Yeah. And um, people were playing it. And my friend sent me a video of him playing it, and I was like, "Oh, that's so good!" And I was just about to play it, and they basically somehow someone caught wind of it, and they basically took it all down <sighs> because it was because it was like a shot for shot remake of GoldenEye from the N sixty four, but it was it was Far Cry, so it played just like Far Cry, kind of similar, mm-hmm. but it was just GoldenEye. You're just playing it through again and. That's beautiful. It was it was amazing. It looks so you could probably find it if you search it online. But um, I'm, that's my regret that I didn't jump on that sooner. <laughs> <laughs> and then download it so it can't be yeah, taken away. Yeah, just like recreate it. Well, that that'll bring us into the last section. I always talk about, and we sort of have been talking about it, but the legacy factor of what do you think made this game stand out so much? Because 
It's funny, I didn't bring this up, but whenever anyone brings up a video game based on a movie, or vice versa, oh, yeah, it's crap. all usually dog shit. And yeah. no one ever brings this up as the example of like, well, what about the perfect shooter that was based on know, a yeah. random James Bond movie? Yeah, no one ever sticks up for movie games by going, hang on, Goldmine was like the best game ever. Yeah. Which is true, because if it, a game... It, it sort of put the movie in its shadow. Like, for our generation, yeah. no one ever says you've got to watch Goldmine. I might have smashed the game. And mm-hmm. then watch the film. Yeah. Because I remember him jumping off the dam and going, oh, that's just like the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think the game was the thing for me. And then it made me go, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe I'll watch the film. Mm-hmm. And then that, that's kind of how I got into it. And because it is so similar with the levels and stuff. It's just amazing. But yeah, it's just. Yeah, kinda... and it's not only like, like there have been good Spider Man games, but they take shit from a bunch of different movies or from the comics and stuff. This is like. That's different, yeah. This is literally a game shot for shot based off the movie. Like. Yeah. Level for level, like runway is just a throwaway scene in the movie. Like, <laughs> but in this, but, I think it they they blend it well. The level design completely works. The objectives work. Like he's a spy. Yeah. It all. If if the movie didn't exist and this was a standalone game, you'd be like, this is fucking great. Oh yeah. But the thing is, apparently in '97 it sold so many copies. '98 sold more. '99 mm-hmm. sold even more. Mm-hmm. So I think because people were shitting on it as it was coming out, going, oh, it's a movie game. Oh. oh you know, you know, I bet that's fun. Yeah. Every holiday season that came round, year after year, the word of mouth more was and huge. more copies of it would get bought because it was just so amazing. So I think, I think it built over time, and um, because yeah, movie movie games usually are pants. Well, and especially when you think of the N sixty four, it had this kid audience. It was meant to like, this is the third best selling game. I imagine the first two were something Mario or Zelda, like way well, more kid oriented. Well, apparently when they showed it to Nintendo at first, mm-hmm. they took all the violence out. I made, I made it look a bit nicer. It's a and stealth they were like, game. Hey, look, we just go around and you shoot the guy and he's okay and yay and all yeah. that. And they hid the violence and then um, they started to obviously add it back in and started to make it. But then Miyamoto apparently <laughs> didn't like it mm-hmm. and didn't want it to come out. And he wanted that um, at the end of every level, all the bad guys and all the people who got killed stand back up and everybody shakes hands <laughs> just to make sure that everybody's okay because that's how much he didn't like the violence in the game because, like you say, he's made Mario games and stuff. That's like when, when in Pokemon it says the enemy fainted and they're like, <laughs> we all know what happened. He's dead. That Pokemon's dead. He snapped yeah. his neck. It's game over. <laughs> but yeah, no, this game, uh, I'm so glad they did make it. it. It does feel like a weird swing for Nintendo at the time. Like, they didn't have fucking shooter games. Like, no. like I was trying to say it's like a childish oriented yeah. a children oriented company but, but then after that we had duke nukem and all sorts on the n64 so mm-hmm. maybe it just gave yeah. way for that and said right come on then <laughs> yeah totally start murdering people in first person well and no matter what nintendo wants is its direction once you have that many games sold it's like okay yeah you, well, we like this we'll make a perfect art you can complain <laughs> about the little patch of blood on his chest all you want but when the millions and millions of copies come through the door you're like <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's a success. Yeah. We'll make another shooter. <laughs> well, hey, man, this has been fun. Uh, before we get out of here, is there anything you want to put out there in the world plug? Tell tell the lifers. No, not really. Not yet. Just follow me on social media if you want. What's the Instagram? Ben, uh, just type in Ben Weirmouth. You'll find me. I've got a personal training one and a comedian one. So Nice. There you go. Depending on what you're in the need for. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> well, as always, I'm Jordan Ducharme at FunnyJordanD on Instagram. Uh, follow at GOILPod on Twitter. Tell all your friends about the podcast. Give us five stars on Spotify if you liked what you heard. And thanks for listening. We'll get you next week. Bye.